All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, a terrific Thursday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, Oilers Nation YouTube and Facebook sports1440.ca. Maybe you're driving around out of the province uh, somewhere else and you've got the uh, app. Maybe just right around in Edmonton. Stingray app or the radio player. Check it out. And uh, thanks very much for uh, listening or watching. We uh, very much appreciate it. As always, Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca where you can get in the game, but also, hey, like I said, you know what? It's, It's the prize that just keeps on giving. You can win a grand a day for 20 years. In case you're wondering, $7.2 million. Sick. Honestly, as much as getting a big windfall would be great, I almost would like this one better because A, is probably not, it's not like everybody in the world knows because if you win the lottery, it's a huge prize and you got to have like their you know, press conference and stuff. Well, that's not good because now you got everybody coming with their hand out. So this one's just kind of subtle. 30 G's a month, 29 in February, every fourth year, 28 the other years. I'd take it. I think it'd be fine. I could figure out a way to uh, to uh, to enjoy that. Probably could retire if you wanted. Just work part-time. I was curious. You talk to people who retire, and it's, it's a great theory. It seems harder than it is. I know so many people have retired, and then they, they're like, yeah, that didn't last. <laughs> That's all right. Um, the Edmonton Orders uh, did not tire, did not retire. Um, I guess people will have to retire all those. I'm, I'm still kind of surprised how many people were were like, oh, geez, McDavid's not scoring. I'm like, well, he's not scoring goals, but how, here's some numbers for you in the month of February. Do you know which player in the NHL was on for the most goals for? 20 at five on five in the month of February, Connor McDavid. He was in on 16 of them. Now, yes, they were all assists. He didn't have a five-on-five goal. He scored shorthanded in Vegas, and then he scored three-on-three in overtime last night. I don't think it means Connor McDavid's playing poorly at all. I think, honestly, if, if you wanted to do a deep dive into it, the one concern you'd have is how many goals against occurred with McDavid and Hyman and Bouchard and those guys on the ice. That's probably a little bit of a, an underlying concern. Not a major one to me because they still outscored him, Right? But obviously in the month of March, you don't want that many goals against uh, with your top guys on the ice. That's kind of obvious. So we will uh, we can discuss that uh, a little bit as the uh, calendar turns to March tomorrow. We are eight days away, baby, 
from the NHL trade deadline next Friday. And we're going to have wall-to-wall coverage here on Sports 1440. Uh, we'll tell you, we'll have some, uh, some special things. We'll have a few extra people in studio as we uh, get closer to the 1 p.m. deadline next Friday. The uh, Edmonton Orders, here, you can take this to the bank. The Orders will be making an acquisition. I'm going to say minimum two new players. I could easily see three. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was three. I could see a depth defenseman and two forwards. I, I think that's actually quite realistic for the Empton Orders. And all you have to do is look at every trade deadline under Ken Holland. Three or two players, it's kind of what he's done. So I don't, I don't think anybody should be surprised by it. Now, who are the players that they end up landing on? There's... They're now interested and close. I think we at this time of year and also be leery of fake accounts on social media. All right. Every year somebody falls for it. Don't be that person. You don't want to fall for it. But uh, either way, the uh, orders, you know, interested in some players. Yes. How close would it be? I think are are two very different things. You're going to you're not doing your job. If you're not calling Anaheim and calling Washington and calling every team that New Jersey, where are you out on Toffoli, go down the list. Now you're not doing your job. So Ken Holland will do his job, and then we'll see if they can make the deals. I know some people are like, well, why didn't they get Tanev? Well, how much money did Calgary take back in the Tanev deal? Right? Like, as far as players, like, obviously, we knew they retained salary, yes. But how much did Calgary... So if how could Edmonton have, have squeezed him in unless, you know, it would have had to be either CeCe goes to Calgary or they would have had another deal to, to send CeCe somewhere else, right? So I, I, it's not as easy straight up as that. So we'll see. Maybe, you know, the orders internally might have a a different viewpoint on uh, on what they need to add. I think right now the biggest thing the orders need to add is an alarm clock. Have it go off so you know when the game's ready to start. Because last night, the first five minutes almost cost them the game. They were the better team in the final 50 and really even in overtime. And by the way, was that like one of the more non-eventful overtimes? I would love them to bring in over and back. Because watch how many times both teams, without even being pressured, left the offensive zone, circled back out in the neutral zone. It's terrible. It's not exciting. All right? And that's a simple little maneuver. Hey, you got to stay in the offensive zone. Now, if you want to leave the blue line and circle tight in the neutral zone, knock your socks off. But I'd love the NHL to implement that. I don't think it changes much. All it does is it forces teams to keep attacking, which is what you want. At least as somebody who likes to be entertained, that's what I would like. So we'll see. Um, The orders I thought were deserving of the victory after the first five minutes. Man, those first five minutes, oof, that was ugly. Nurse and CeCe, both guys behind the net, what? You, know, you, you look at the penalty kill, they overloaded two forwards to the one side. Thomas has all day to walk in, and then Nurse makes the mistake by, now, not saying he would have blocked it anyway, but he turned sideways like that. Well, now you're not you're making it even easier for him to shoot by you. So the first five minutes was not good. But after that, the orders didn't give up a whole massive amount to St. Louis. Stuart Skinner, when called upon, made some big saves. All right, Nugent Hopkins, a stellar back check. Uh, nurse, as Connor McDavid pointed out, the uh, breaking up the, uh, the two-on-one was excellent. Uh, the orders actually made some pretty good defensive plays after the first five minutes. So, And I understand that not every game, not all minutes of a game are going to be Picasso, but they were so bad in the first five that it took them how long to recover, right? Because you're down 2 nothing, And could have been three. They were not good at all. So um, when I look at, uh, at the orders, like I thought more of a complete game last night than they even had against L.A., so that's progress. Now, game in Seattle, a team that the orders have uh, have had a lot of success against. That's a team they should beat. And then they're home. Is this going to be Sidney Crosby's last visit to Edmonton as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins? Odds are low, but 
depending on the schedule next season, what if the order? What if the Penguins don't come to Edmonton until late March, and you get to the trade deadline next year, and the Penguins are out of it? Sidney Crosby and trade. I know what he said. Hey, I want to be here, but things change, man. He wants to be here today, but that doesn't mean he can't change his mind. I, I know it, it, there are some people out there that believe if you say something once, that, that means you have to believe that for the rest of time. Now, you're allowed to change. It happens. Right? Some people change their religious beliefs, good or bad, depending which way they go. Right? There's lots of things you change. So see how it goes. 833-401-1440. You can e- uh, Texas in our uh, Ewell inbox on the show today. We've got a busy, great show for you. Good lineup is uh, TR uh, is not flying today, so uh, he'll be on the show. There's uh, there's no delays where he's at. Um, Kurt Hill, the uh, general manager of the uh, Oil Kings, will uh, join us. And uh, hey, speaking of the Oil Kings, this Saturday night, Con Man will be there. Section 126. It's the Sports 1440 section. If you want to get your tickets, they're only 20 bucks. And, uh, you know, you go, or we can send you the link if you want uh, directly where you can get your tickets. You sit in that section, the Sports 1440 section, and one lucky winner is going to get a behind the scenes tour. We did this um, earlier in the year and uh, for Star Wars night, and the winners loved it. So after this second intermission, you will go down, you get a tour of the whole Oil Kings room. I'm telling you, the Oil Kings room is better than most road rooms in the NHL. Like, it is phenomenal. It's better than some of the old rinks home teams in the NHL. To get the behind-the-scenes tour, you'll get everywhere around places you normally never get to go. And you have great seats for the game. And the Oil Kings, you know what? Give the Oil Kings credit, man. They have uh, they have improved a lot. Uh, they're likely going to lead the WHL in attendance for the second consecutive season. Last year, they had four home wins and still led in attendance. So, Oil Kings fans, they're liking the product. They show up. The team is competitive. right? They played a little bit of spoiler role here lately. So, uh, we'll talk to uh, Kurt Hill about that. So, if you want to go to the game uh, on Saturday, you can go to the Oil Kings website and uh, buy your tickets in Section 126. It's a Sports 1440 section. They're only 20 bucks. And uh, then you can win some uh, great prize. You can talk some uh, uh, sports with Conman. I'm not sure else is going. Um, uh, he'll probably be uh, bringing a few others along with him, Conman. Yeah, well, we know uh, Brandon is confirmed. Oh, okay. I tilt my head. Uh, we've got Donovan and Declan, the uh, digital oh, producers. Oh, so all four yeah. of you guys are going. All right. Yeah, we'll all be down well, there. There you go. <laughs> all right. Come nice. see us. Uh, i got to talk to Marty, see if he can give me a couple hats to give away. Uh, yeah, we'll talk some sports, chop it up, and Ghostbusters, Gregor, that's my thing. I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Had so much fun at Star Wars night. Yeah, yeah. But Ghostbusters, this is it. Who are you going to call? Don't even have to tell you who I'm going to call. Mm. Have you seen the newest one? I have not. With the kid from Stranger Things? Oh. No. Was I it liked good? It. Yeah, you know what it was. I thought it was actually really good. And I believe they're doing another one. So hmm. Ghostbusters 2, if we're being real, not the best. But the original and the latest one, very good. All right. So first and third, you're a big fan of. Well, there was that the third one they did. What? The all-female cast. Oh, right. Didn't quite hold up. Okay. But not bad. Not bad. It was almost like a remake, right? Just Mm -hmm. different characters. First and the last. So far, the best ones. First and last. All right. Hey, guys, Crosby will be in order by the draft. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The only way that would happen is if you're suggesting that they're going to move Dreisaitl. Because they don't have the cap space to have Crosby, Drysdale, and McDavid, right? So I don't, uh, I don't see it. It would be, uh, it would be quite the, uh, quite the thing. So, hey, Greg, thanks for the reminder. Last year, I got burnt on the uh, the fake Twitter trade account. I was so hungry looking for trades. Retweeted it, commented all my friends. Turned out it was bunk. Idiot from Russ. Hey, Russ, it happens, man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you mentioning it. It's true. It happens to a few people. So, um, doesn't have to happen. Hey, Gregor, stop with over and back. It's not required. If you want to fix overtime, the simplest solution is continuous until a goal is scored. There's no way you can play at that pace for 20 minutes without bringing in less talented players, and then there'll be more mistakes and more opportunities. 
So it just extends it from being boring. So it's going to be boring longer without teams attacking. I don't. And uh, why would the NHL players go for that? They don't want to play more. It's a very simple solution that does not change anything. Once you cross center, you can't go back with possession. It's a very easy thing. It's three on three, for goodness sakes. Very easy thing. Hey, Gregor, is it possible that Holland already has a few deals with Handshake, but he won't pull a trigger until the deadline as he's trying to accumulate the most cap space until then from Trailer Park Ryan? Well, I guess in theory, but here's the risk. I, the reason I would say no to that is because twofold. What if one of the guys on either side gets hurt? Right? Are you going to say, hey, I'll trade you this guy, but if he gets hurt? And then in the meantime, you think you have a deal, then the guy gets hurt, and now you got to, and now you've missed out talking to other teams. So I'd be surprised if, uh, if that would happen. Because honestly, if we look at it, we're eight days away. The amount of cap that, uh, if you can make the trade today, I don't think you need the eight days because the order is, what is it, about 4000 bucks a day they accrue, so that's like thirty two k. And I know that adds to a little bit more on what the available cap space is at that time, but I guess it, like you'd have to be right down to the nitty-gritty for it to, to not work today, to have to wait till Friday. So I, I, I guess I could ask a GM if they've ever done that. My gut says no, but... Like, I could see maybe if they have a deal done at 10 a.m. and they're like, hey, let's wait till 12 because I don't want the other teams to know what's happening. Maybe, right? Because at that point, you know, there's no games played between 10 and noon, right? So, but I, I, I just think it's too much at risk if you say, hey, you keep that guy because what if he gets hurt in practice? Right? You don't want that at all. Would be uh, too risky. Uh, also on the show today, Rupper will be by. We'll hear from uh, Mark Spector, Kelly Rudy, uh, Scott Burnside. Lots of NHL talk. Uh, Livingston, of course. F1, baby. It is back. So I'll we'll get into that. Um, I'm actually in an F1 fantasy league with my buddies. I'm not sure how serious I'm going to take it, but I'm in it just to uh, to see. Uh, so I, I, it's more so for the chirps, I'll be honest. right? Like that, I think that's half. That's I wouldn't even say half. That's like... 70% of the fun, especially in fantasy football. And like with that one, there's only so many, you know, cars and whatever. So it's a little bit different, but uh, we'll try it for a year, see what happens. But uh, I have to say, um, like, obviously, the first week of any sport, you're intrigued to see what they have. Um, I just hope this year in F1, there's some teams that are competitive against Red Bull because last year it wasn't competitive. Max was head and shoulders. Their car infinitely better than any other vehicle. It wasn't everybody knew it, right? You would hope that maybe he'd screw up and you know they, they had something go wrong. Just so he, oh well, we have to wait till lap fifty to ha- have him finish first. There wasn't a whole bunch of intrigue last year in F one, even for the most diehard F one fan. Now I know Red Bull fans loved it. I get it. It's your team. It's your guy. So I'm just saying that doesn't mean there wasn't. Uh, you can love it. Without there being a lot of intrigue. That will happen. Hey, guys. The only issue is uh, I don't think we need more face-offs. Yeah, but Hacks, why do you think the players are magically going to do it? Watch the game last night. No one was forcing them to cross center. If they know they can't, they just won't do it. I, I don't I don't think suddenly they're going to... Oh! I cro- like, do you think a guy is going to purposely cross center when he's not pressured? How many over and backs are there in the NBA game? That's what I would ask you. The rules there. How many over and backs are there? And now, sometimes they're battling for a loose ball, sure. Three on three, not a lot of loose pucks, right? And if the other team touches it, well, then whatever. So I, I don't think we'd have massive more face-offs uh, due to over and back. I can't, uh, I can't see it. Hey, guys, is there a name being talked about that you see possibly moving to the orders? Um... Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you're kind of making an echo reference there, I'm suggesting. So it's funny because i that's what I've been trying to look at here the last few days. And, okay, are there guys out there that have term, not just one year, because Ekholm had multiple years term, and that, that Edmonton would want? Because I can understand the people that say they want a Cody CC upgrade. I see it. There's There's lots of data to back it up that you would like an upgrade. The problem is some of the upgrade suggestions aren't upgrades. There's people being frustrated 
They don't like CC. They're like, hey, we got to upgrade him. So that means anybody's better. Well, having spoke to many scouts and many actual players, I do not believe that Alexander Carrier is a top four defenseman on a cup contending team. Could be in your third pair, maybe, but on your top four. So, well, does he, does he puck retreat better? Sure. If you believe all that. But I would ask people, okay, you can read all the charts. How many Nashville games have you watched? Right. And, and the difference is watch the regular season games. Then you got to watch the playoffs. And everybody knows in the playoffs, everybody hits more. Like there's more hits in the first period of a playoff game than there is in most regular season complete 60 minute games. That's just how it is. Everybody's finishing their check. It's a lot more physical. Every puck battle is intensified. Well, if you're a buck 80 and 510 and you're battling up against bigger guys, guess what happens? Even though your will is there, you have a disadvantage. Simple physics. Right? You have a disadvantage. So, yeah. Um, so I've been looking like, I know we get a lot of texts about Adam Larson. <clears throat> Would Adam Larson be an upgrade 100%? But you have to remember. Adam Larson's father passed away unexpectedly with his mother here when they were visiting their son, Adam. Now, Adam wasn't there when it happened. He was at the practice rink. It was awful for his family. And his mom was like, you know what? I can't come back to Edmonton. So if he plays here and he has a year left on his deal, that's why he left. That's why. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He didn't sign in Edmonton. Not because he didn't like. And it came right down to the wire. And he opted to go to Seattle instead of Edmonton. Because he just, you know what? He wanted his mother to come visit him. How You can't hold that against the guy. How can you? And you can't hold it against his mother for such an emotional, traumatic experience for her. Watching the love of her life die right in front of her. I get it. So, like, because Adam Larson would be ideal. But if you could find another Adam Larson, now you're talking. Quick break. We'll come back. Scott Burnside will join us on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 223, how are you? Welcome back. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440. Orders had a day off today, of course, uh... Uh, Two-day break between games. Not going to have a lot of them here the uh, rest of the way as then the uh, calendar turns to uh, March for the Edmonton owners. And uh, they play in Seattle on Saturday. And then they are home to uh, Sidney Crosby and the uh, Penguins. By the way, Connor McDavid, if he gets a point on Sunday, that will be 25 consecutive home games with a point. The franchise record is 33 that Gretzky did. He also did 28 and 25. So uh, McDavid could tie him for the third longest home point streak with a point on Sunday. Anybody going to bet against that at this point? Uh, probably not. Uh, McDavid is uh, is rolling lately. And the uh, the race for the Art Ross is definitely on. You look at uh, points per game, him and Kucherov, uh, I think it's 1.68 for Kucherov, 1.67 for McDavid. So, uh 
The race is on, baby. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's and... Right now, participating in uh, McDonald's in the local Edmonton area, uh, they're helping out Ronald McDonald House. So you stop in there, and you can get $20 in GCs for cheeseburgers, cones, coffee, fries, $20 worth. It costs you 5 bucks, and all $5 will go to uh, Ronald McDonald House, which, of course, is huge in our city for helping a lot of families when they're, when they're at the, at the uh, stallery. And anybody who's been in the stallery for any length period of time, you like, you love that the facility's there, but you hope you never have to use it. And then having uh, Ronald McDonald House as a support for, for families so they can see their, their kids when they're really sick and not have to travel back and forth and it's close. They actually have a shuttle right from it. So there you go. Stop in. You can help out the, uh, Ronald McDonald House and get some great deals. Oh, just on the cheeseburgers alone, it's worth it. Best five bucks you'll ever spend. Scott Burnside joins us uh, to talk a little NHL hockey. Scotty, how you doing? doing very well. I, I just thought the city would be up in arms, frankly, after Connor McDavid immediately rolled back on his pledge not to score and not to shoot anymore. And I was really counting on just, you know, having him roll up 60 assists over the last quarter of the season and uh, and take a run at the Art Ross that way. But uh, anyway, I, I'm just sort of disappointed that, you know, he sort of changed gears after like one or two games. Well, if you look at the, if you actually look at that goal, I think that's it's kind of more much of a, of one. Yeah, it's it's not a great goal. I like if if I'll say this, if that goal went in on Stuart Skinner, order fans would be up in arms. Like that was not a great goal by Bennington from the angle that he scored at. Like, but uh, you know, and I like Connor's like, well, there's no one there. I kept trying to pass the echo. He kept giving it back to me. It was hilarious. So, um, you know, obviously he's been on a another level offensively right now. Uh, down the stretch, it's going to be a great race for the Art Ross and really even the Hart Trophy. Although I think Kucherov and being 40 points ahead of a teammate, it's going to be hard, uh, to beat him. But we're, we're eight days away, Scott, and you've covered a lot of the trade deadlines. Um, it's been slow going here. We just had the Tanev deal and, you know, earlier in the month it was Monaghan, but, uh, I think, I think he, things heat up a lot, but I've been looking at like Philadelphia has some big games. Washington has big games, uh, New Jersey and some of them playing each other. And they're all like, none of those teams are that good, but there's also like, if Philly truly sticks to their plan and says, we're going to trade away guys, even though we're in a playoff spot, I could see New Jersey saying, well, we don't need to get a third rounder for Toffoli. Let's make the playoffs and make an extra few million bucks. Yeah, I found it's been a little bit of a strange dynamic, and you know, especially after last year when you know Florida goes to what game eighty-one and only makes the playoffs because somehow Pittsburgh loses to a terrible Chicago team. You know, the Panthers are even in the playoffs at all, and then of course March, you know, to the Stanley Cup Finals. Maybe more teams who are in that bubble, and and there's. The bubble's probably greater in the Western Conference in terms of the teams that have a legitimate shot to um, to sneak into a wild card spot than than in the Eastern Conference where there is a bit of a gap, right? I mean, the you know, is New Jersey? Yeah, they're five points back of of Tampa right now. They're actually five points back of uh, Philly for third place in the Metro. Um, you know, the goaltending hasn't been great. So yeah, you're right. What do you do if you're Tom Fitzgerald? Um, but who else is in? You know, Washington's not buying. Pittsburgh's not buying. Um, the Islanders aren't buying. So it, 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 and even the teams in the Western Conference that are that are probably closer and have a shot. Like no one's talking about well, Seattle making a big move so that they can try and make up the seven points on Nashville. You're right, Calgary selling and will continue to look to sell Noah Hannafin unless they somehow come up with a uh, an extension for him. And they're you know tied with St. Louis, uh, the closest team to getting into a wild card spot in the West, five points back. And the Blues, you hear all kinds of you know talk is Pavel Buchnevich is he available very attractive guy with term experience big playoff you know prototypical playoff type guy um you know certainly minnesota played their way back into it uh six points back huge game tonight against nashville but you know they're not buying to do it so you've got all these teams well okay you know we're not we're not adding and and a lot of the teams you know, Toronto fans have been talking for a long time about Chris Tana, but I don't think anyone really expected that they had the goods in terms of uh, uh, draft pick capital and or prospects, prospects to send to Calgary to make this deal happen. So, you know, Toronto would like to add a defenseman. Um, you mentioned Philadelphia. To me, they're one of the most interesting teams in the NHL and, you know, have a couple of guys uh, – 
on the on the back end there that uh, that you know could be in play if if the Flyers follow through on this plan of we don't care that we're in a playoff spot we're we're still really looking at the future but you know Rasmus Ristolainen and and uh, um, Jamie Drysdale are both out long term so you know what I don't know Sean Walker and Nick Sealer boy you better come to the table with the goods if you're going to try and make a deal for either of those defensemen and both of them are have played very very well it's a really interesting flyer team and yeah, again I think you know Toronto's not going to get either of those guys on the cheap uh, Tampa's got defensive needs with the uh, Sergachev out long term I don't know if they have enough to pry either of those guys uh, out of Philadelphia even though they now have some cap room with Sergachev on on LTIR so I, I, I'm, I'm not sure there's going to be a lot happening frankly between you know now and, and 3 p.m. Eastern on, on March 8th there are some teams that would like to add some offense and there are some players um, who you know Adam Henry Vladimir Tarasenko some guys out there but I don't know I just I, I hate to say this because I know it's a national holiday in Canada but I think it could be a pretty quiet trade deadline day interesting see I think there's I think there's lots of teams here that have, that want to make some moves Colorado's got to make some moves like there's some guys out yeah, there cool. Ottawa Terry like I think Tarasenko there, there's going to be some interest around the league for him you know there's Jake Gensel uh I, you know I think Anthony Manthan like Washington could trade four guys uh, on that team, uh, potentially. And I think Anthony, like Anthony Mantha is having an unreal season. And so, um, yeah. I think a team could get him. So I guess it all kind of depends. Like there's no, like I'm curious, is, is there going to be like the big, lots of teams always want defense, Scott. There's just not a lot of those guys available. That to me is the interesting, um, position to see who, gets moved around. Like does Joel Edmondson suddenly get more value because there's just not a lot of guys available? Yeah, well, and I think that's probably true. And, you know, I mean, like, you're right. And, uh, you know, I go back to Mike Gillis a thousand years ago in Vancouver, you know, and his team went, went to a final in 11, you know, just talking about you can't have enough NHL-ready defensemen at the start of the playoffs. Like, if you really are, if you think that you're a team that can go four rounds, you can't have enough guys on the back end. And, you know, you can make that same argument. You well, you better have good goaltending. You better have timely scoring, all of those kinds of things. But I, I think you're absolutely right. And a guy like Edmondson, who has you know, has a, a resume that would be attractive to a team. And again, it's not a guy that's not going to break the bank. You know, I don't know what Eric Johnson's plans are. I don't know what they're going to do in Buffalo. It's, you know, very disappointing. Another lost season in Buffalo for Kevin Adams and Don Granado. So, you know, again, there's a guy who, you know, apparently doesn't want to go anywhere, but obviously has, yeah. you know, the street cred to come in and play in a five, six, seven role and doesn't cost you a ton. Um, but if you are a team like Tampa, you know, Tampa is fascinating to me that they could miss the playoffs, right? Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but they're not very consistent. They're, you know, they, they play really ebbs and flows. They're in the second wild card spot now and, and, and actually, you know, falling pretty significantly behind Detroit, uh, who's got both points in the bank and games in hand on Tampa. You know, if there's if New Jersey's going to make a play, maybe their best chance is to try and dislodge Tampa in that second wild card spot. And you know, who would have imagined that? And and if you're Julian Breezeball in Tampa, and even though you've got some cap space now, you don't really have a ton of assets. You know, to go after a guy, you know, like a, a Sealer or a Walker or um, you know somebody who can come in and play in your top. Well, anywhere in your top six, but presumably somewhere in your top four. I, I don't know if you can make that deal. And I guess that's the fascinating part for me is, you know, you've got all these these guys, these teams that are around the edge. And what's your, you know, if you, you know, Tampa is different because of their, their pedigree and, and the core, it's still there. But I totally get it. If you're Detroit, you're having a great year, you're going to make the playoffs. Your guys are going to get a taste of it. But if you're Steve Eisenman, you're not going crazy, right? To, because are you really going to beat the New York Rangers? Are you really going to beat either Florida or Boston? Um, I, I don't think so. So why, why not, you know, why not keep your powder dry? Let your younger guys get a taste of this. He's got a bunch of uh, pending USAs in Detroit. See who you know elevates their game and maybe is worth an extension. Might want to stick around. I, I don't know. It, it, it does. It's almost like there's just a lot of teams like, geez, 
I don't know. I, I, it's not worth it to me. I don't want to step my toe in there. Um, you know, Colorado's an obvious one. Would like to add up front. You know, if you could add some offensive jump down the middle, that would be a good thing, I'm sure, for the Avs. Um, and, and so I think they're an interesting team to watch. Carolina, I spent a lot of time around Carolina the last few years. Lots of cap room. Um, seem to have solidified their goaltending position. Looks like Freddie Anderson will come back and play in the next week or two. Um, and they're in a pretty good shape. I think goaltending wise and, and along the blue line, but could really use a game breaker. You know, we talked about Vladimir Tarasenko. What about a guy like that? Um, you know, Pavel Bushnevich, you know, the blues are going to ask the moon for a guy who's still got term, but is he a guy that fits either in a Colorado? Is he a guy that fits in Carolina that can come in? And if you're thinking about playing four rounds, um, I think about when Colorado won the cup a couple of years ago, you know, how important those, their offensive depth was um, in winning that cup. So I I think those are the the kinds of guys that you have to look at uh, in the next what eight days. Now the clock is, is really ticking. So I don't know. What do you do? Let me ask you, do you think with the 10 deal last night, and what a good deal for Dallas, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, what Jim Neal has built a terrific team there. Does it, you know, does, does this start the run on, the the defensemen that are left then does this amp up the you know the calls to philadelphia on walker and sealer etc what do you think well i you know i look at philadelphia now they were on record as saying that uh they would make a tough decision uh, based on the future so even if they're in a position they would move some guys out i wonder yeah. though because like if you trade both sealer and walker when you've already got two of your other top five defensemen hurt you're basically just pulling the rug right out from under your team. So maybe they yeah, trade okay. one of those guys and they keep Sealer, right? Um, you know, Frank Saravalli told me he thinks the Walker Cam's looking for $5 million. I'm like, well, they can keep looking. There is no chance anybody should be paying him $5 million bucks next year. That would be an awful signing of $5 million bucks. Give me a break. Like, I know he's had a good year in Philly, but let's pump the brakes. Not a $5 million defenseman. But I get it's his first time, and I understand all that. But, um, like, to me, the team, honestly, Scott, who I think needs to make moves but might not, is the New York Islanders. And I, I would I would throw Brock Nelson out there because they're not getting any better. This is the same team. It's been the same team for three years. Yeah, they brought in Bo Horvat, still the same team. They got a great goaltender. They can't score. They can't score to save their life. So you can't win in today's NHL if you can't score. It's just a fact. Like, obviously, you have to know how to defend, but they know how to defend. They're a top five defending team, and they don't win. So to me, I would look and say, hey, Brock Nelson's 32 years of age. He had a great year last year. He's having another good year this year. Let's try to recoup some assets and move him. That's what I would do. That, to me, is the one name no one's talking about that should be talked about. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe you're right. I, I don't know. The Islanders are, you know, in my mind, they're a poorly constructed team, you know, and it's hard to move anyone. They're, a, they don't have a lot of people in that lineup that are going to be interesting to people. And part of it's the, you know, the the no trades, the partial no trades that a lot of those top-end guys have. You know, I've heard – some new people mentioning J.J. Uh, um, Pajot. I don't know. You know, he's due five million dollars for the next two years. I don't like. Where does he's uh, maybe a top nine guy at this stage, right? Like, where does you know if you're in the New York Rangers? Listen, the Rangers need. They'd love to add down the middle. Um, you know, there's a that's a really good team. There's some pressure on Chris Drury. You know, what are you going to do with a team? I thought he overbought you know, by bringing in both Tarasenko and Patrick Kane a year ago. But there is some pressure on him to add uh, up front and specifically down the middle if they can. So Adam Henrique maybe is a guy who comes from Anaheim, although Patrick Beek's not giving him away, right? There aren't many centers available if you need help down the middle and you want to bolster your depth and he's got great experience. So, uh, you know, I, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. The Islanders should be selling. I don't see that there's a market for a lot of what they've got and they aren't any better under Patrick Waugh than they were under Lane Lambert. And I'm really curious to see what happens with that team in the offseason because now you're, what, two or three years into your new building in in Belmont, UBS. And this is a team that I – how are they ever going to get – are they going to be better next year? Is it going to be exactly the same? I, I look at that roster and I said, well, you know, even with Noah Dobson, who's been one of the great stories this year, yeah. and I think, you know, it's a lock to make Canada's team in the Four Nations next year – um, you know, he's, you know, he's 24 years old. Do you not already sort of at least pencil him in to the 2026 roster um, in Italy at the Olympics? It's still a team that seems stagnant to me. So I, I don't know what happens there, but 
I don't even think much happens between now and then and March eighth. Even though that they're you know they're, they're still technically they're in the the hunt for a spot in the Eastern Conference right now, but I don't see them a making it and, and b making any kind of move either way. Scotty, we'll see, man. Eight days left. Appreciate your time. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Call anytime. I bet you there's uh, Scott Burnside. Jeez, uh, I think it's up to like 30-plus years. Scotty's been covering the uh, NHL. I hope he's wrong. I don't want it to be a slow dead. I think there's actually going to be a lot of action. I think it's going to... Now, because there are some good players. Like, Tarasenko's a good player. Jake Gensel, good player. Right? Like, there's other good players available on the market. And I think, you know, teams are... There's a few things at play here. You know what? Uh, there's both sides. The teams that are acquiring are trying to, you know, accrue as much cap space as they want. Also, asking prices are a little high, as they should be. Why wouldn't you ask for more? Doesn't hurt. Ask for more, and you can always settle for a little bit less as you get closer to the deadline. So I'll be uh, like the Washington Capitals to me. You know what? Their coach, uh, now he's not going to beat out Rick Tockett, but he should be a finalist for coach of the year. What he's done in Washington is amazing. Carver, he's done a great job. When you just look at how many injuries they had, look at that roster. Backstrom, Kuznetsov, look at them. They're right in it. So I give him credit, but I still think they'll sell off. Quick break. Uh, we'll return on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. It is the uh, Thursday edition of the Gregor Show. Uh, General Manager, we'll talk some trades next with the GM on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Yeah, the big Ghostbusters game on Saturday, presented by Sports 1440. If uh, you want to go, get your tickets at uh, All Kings of Me. Be sure to sit in our section. Actually, go to sports1440.ca. All the information is right on the front page where you can get uh, the uh, the deal on tickets. Uh, sit in the section. Then you'll get uh, a very unique behind-the-scenes tour uh, of the uh, of the dressing room. Uh, who, who knows? Maybe into the GM's room now. The trade deadline's passed, so I'm, I'm guessing the whiteboard won't be as full as it uh, would have been uh, back in January. Uh, in the WHL, but uh, you get uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and uh, you'll enjoy that uh, for one lucky winner. So uh, get your tickets. Uh, Con Man and Brando and Deck, all the young bucks will be at the uh, the game in uh, Section uh, 126. So uh, you can sit with them, have some laughs, and uh, enjoy some good hockey. All Kings are playing really well right now. As we get to the uh, WHL report, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace, baby. Don't wait till it conks out. Fix it now. Get a new one. Legacyheating.ca. Kurt Hill joins us, GM of the Oil Kings. Kurt, how you doing? Good, Jason. How are you? I am uh, I am excellent. Um, you know what? Uh, you wanted your team to improve this year. It got derailed a little bit early because of so many injuries to the defense, which obviously you can't uh, – there's not much you can do as as a GM at that point. But uh, how, how pleased are you with how your team – how competitive they've been down the stretch? Yeah, you know, it's been, I think since December, I was looking at it um, the other day where I wrote a game under 500 since the start of December. So, I mean, really since that point, we've, we've played 500 hockey. And even in there, we've had a couple stretches where we've we've had some really good stretches when we were out in BC. And obviously the stretch here as of late um, was really good. We had a tough start to the month in February. But, um, you know, I think for the most part, it's been pretty, pretty consistent. And I've liked some of the steps, you know, a lot of our younger players have taken and a lot of and just our overall team game where that's come. You look at your team now and do you feel confident saying, okay, next year like we're we should be a legit push for the playoff team? Yeah, I, I yeah, I'm really confident in that area. You know, I think obviously um, we still have 10 games left this year to, to, to finish off strong. And, um, you know, I, I really liked what a lot of our prospects have brought when we've called them up, especially, you know, some of those, some of the forwards, like, you know, the Ginlows of the world, Powell, too good, you know, some guys that are, are likely going to be, be joining our lineup next season. And, you know, just even going through the depth chart, it's, um, you know, it's going to be a lot deeper of a group and, and there's still the opportunity, obviously, to, to make some moves that maybe potentially improve your team over the offseason as well. But uh, really think we're trending in that direction, yeah. So when you say, you know, moves like that in the offseason, would you be willing to give up draft picks for that? Or what, like what, what what's kind of the tea leaves? What are you reading in that regard? Yeah, it's one of the things over the last couple of years we've done is we've accumulated a lot of draft picks. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer of, yeah, you need the picks, but there's also comes a point where you can have too many of them. And, you know, I certainly do think we probably not as much this year. I mean, I think we're in the perfect spot for, for the draft this year and what we have available, but uh, we have a ton of draft capital for, for next year and the year after. So, 
Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you make all those picks, I think you just end up handcuffing yourself. Losing guys or not having enough spots for them to really play within your organization. So it's, you know, I don't, I don't see us just sitting on all those picks. I'm sure at some point we'll utilize some of them to, to improve the club. Kurt Hill joins us, uh, general manager of the uh, of the Oil Kings. So you mentioned like the final ten games. How much evaluation? Like, are, are you? Do you have the whiteboard and you see some guys who get called up? They get a few games here, and, and do you already start thinking, okay, these are the pieces. You know what? I really going to need another veteran defenseman, for instance, or I really need a big center iceman. Like, is that kind of what you look for in the final ten games? Yeah, well, it's, especially lately. I mean, we've had some injuries up front, so we've had an opportunity to bring up a lot of the. You know, a lot of our 16-year-olds and some of the 15-year-olds who are playing down. And, I mean, it gives you a pretty good indication with where those players are at or at least some areas of their game you can okay. you can really go at them on and focus on in the summer. But, yeah, again, I've like any team, it's, these guys are being evaluated all the time. And, you know, there's some guys that these last 10 games, it's – it's essentially an evaluation to see, you know, if they're if they're going to continue to be a piece of a part of the organization in the future, or, or you know, if we think we need to make upgrades in certain areas. Uh, you talked about how you you acquired all these draft picks so you could make some moves, and one of those big moves during the season was bringing in uh, from Seattle Grayson Sachin, and, and since he's come in, you know, he's been I think everything you'd want, right? He's an over. He's got forty nine points in forty four games. He's clearly a guy you look at even next year, Kurt. I would think that's it's going to be somebody that runs your offense and somebody you expect to be an eighty plus point player, maybe. Yeah, I certainly, he certainly does. He's a, he's a true, you know, number one center in this league, and we knew that. We really felt that when we made that that deal, and that's again, I know it was a lot of capital we gave up, but to get a guy like that, where we knew we were getting him for the rest of this season and next season, um, you know, it was a no brainer for us. And you know, I I really think um, Podnet's games come a long way when he's you know you add a player like that to your lineup to help out, and Jekyll's been playing oh. really solid to have, to have him with. When you have those younger guys and you can integrate them together for almost two full seasons, I mean, I think that'll really pay dividends as we, you know, we get to the the second half of next year and moving forward. You mentioned Jekko. He's only 17 years of age, 6'5", 200-plus pounds. Uh, he doesn't turn 18, I think, until later in March. Um, you know, he has he has he been better than what you expected this year? I think overall, he ha- yes, he has been, especially early on. Like, he transitioned really quick to the league um you know and i was i was almost wondering if like holy smokes maybe the second half he's really going to start to take off and you know i think with him it's he's been very consistent most of the year um in regards to his production i think you know there's still some areas of his game um you know his a little bit of his defensive structure being a little bit harder on pucks that he needs to improve like like you know every player's got their areas that they need to improve and that's that's certainly his but overall for a player moving across the world when they're 17 and um, who's highly touted and what he's been able to do with our group this year. I've been, I've been very happy with, with him. And, you know, he's such a being fluent in English has helped so much too, because he becomes a part of your group so much easier. And, you know, he brings such a good positive attitude to the rink every day. I can't, I can't say enough good things about him. And then you got another 17 year old who's leading your team in in points, got 56 and 51 games and Gavin Hodden. obviously was a first round selection of yours a few years ago. And so, you know, he's really living up to it, but like WHL is a hard league. And I think sometimes people under, you're a 17 year old, you're averaging, you're leading your team in scoring. Like, it's not like you're playing with some elite, you know, 18 and 19 year old guys. And they're kind of carrying you a little bit. Like he's, He's had a really good season for you, Kurt. And I know he's, you know, he's a little bit smaller on that size. So, you know, people wonder, like, where's he going to get drafted or not? But, you know, he'll have to grow there. But, you know, you just look at the type of player he's and his offensive instincts. They're pretty impressive. Yeah, his IQ is really good. And, you know, yeah, his size is his size. But his hockey sense is, you know, already at the next level. Um being being the size that he is, it's you know whether he gets drafted late this year or has a big year next year, and someone takes him next year, I I think it's inevitable at some point that he's going to get there and get to the pro level. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like he led our team in scoring last year at 16, and you know he didn't have any you know very limited um, secondary offense to play with. And you know this year now he's he's got a little bit more. Obviously, with some of these guys we've brought in this year, he's he's surrounded by some guys that certainly can can help on the offensive front. But not to take away the the year that he's had, he's been he's been consistent from the start of the year as well. And I actually think his last ten have been the best hockey he's played this season too so he's he's certainly finishing on a, on a really good note as well and uh, you know any team that's going to go forward you, you got to have goaltending uh, where, where do you what do you think about your goaltending moving forward into next season yeah 
Yeah, it's again one of those areas of, of evaluation. You know, Colby's had a couple. Colby Hayes had a couple good games here as of late. Um, he's kind of been up and down throughout the year, but uh, you know when he's been on, he's played really well. And um, you know, with Hudson, he's he's a young goaltender, 16. We decided to bring him in after Christmas, and 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 similar. You know, he's played under 10 games in the league so there's been some tough nights for him and just getting used to the league but uh, was able to get a couple wins last week and starting to look a lot more mature in there starting to figure out the pace so really like uh, where he's trending and then um, last year we selected uh, Parker Snell in the second round and he's having a great year at NAX so uh, you know really like the the prospects that we have in that uh, that are coming up through the organization right now and uh, Kurt are you a big Ghostbusters fan? I watched a lot as a kid, for sure. <laughs> well, a uh, big night, uh, of course, uh, on Saturday night, uh, Ghostbusters night. Uh, I know the organization uh, always does very well. And, you know, think about, um, like, your fan base this season, a team that only won four home games last year. They led the WHL in attendance. And I think you guys are training to lead the WHL in attendance here. You had, like, 47,000 fans the last four games. Like, what do you, what do you say to your fans and why they bought into your team this year? Yeah, you know, you know what? The the local support here in Edmonton is amazing, and there's such a passion for junior hockey. Um, you know, can't say, can't thank them enough for, for supporting our group through a couple down years here. Uh, obviously, we we had a role in there for four years, and COVID kind of kind of buggered a few of them up, but we were able to get the championship. But I think we're we're trending in the right direction here, and the fan support certainly helps our group up. And and uh, can't can't say enough about Kevin Rodomsky and his team too, and all that uh, the OEG staff are doing here. It's uh, pretty amazing um, the work that they're putting in and uh, the support we're getting just from the city um, right across and and obviously like sure park saying Albert, we're getting support from everybody so can't say enough about the fans well kurt uh, enjoy the final 10 games of the season always good to catch up with you appreciate your time yeah thanks jason have a good one there you go that's uh the gm of the oil kings uh kurt hill they got some good young players man and uh, hey they've been really competitive here down the stretch uh of course that calgary game where they scored in the final seconds you had fifteen thousand kids it was hockey hooky day oh my goodness the kids it was like they won the stanley cup they're going crazy uh, in the building, fun atmosphere, loud. I will say it's a when the, when the kids they just got a little bit higher pitch voice when they're uh, screaming in there. It's a it's a little bit different of a sound than uh, when you have all the adults. That's for sure. Two fifty seven. Uh, when we return, Terry Ryan will uh, join us. Uh, we've got uh, lots of hockey talk. Uh, I'll talk a little uh, some trade rumors out there. We got a lot of people wondering about certain players. And uh, do the orders have interest? You know, Adam Henrique's name has come up a lot. Um, the early asking price for the Ducks, I'll tell you what it is, seems pretty high. Is it too high for the orders? We'll find out next after Connor Halling of Sports. 1440 Update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specializing in all their residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.